This is a HeadGum Podcast. While Andrew and Craig believe the joy of discovery is crucial to enjoying any well-told tale, they will not shy away from spoiling specific story beats when necessary. Plus, these are books you should have read by now. Craig, ever since you were born 11 months after me, you have been chomping my flavor. You've just been copying everything that I've done in my entire life. You were born after me. You went to the same college as me. You bought a car after me. You bought a house after me. You got married after me. You're on the same podcast as me. Like, come on, follow me around much. And now, once again... You are going to a place where I've been before. <laughs> I'm very glad mm-hmm. for our friendship because mm-hmm. it helps me understand mm-hmm. how and why you took the time to make the opening of this podcast about you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if listen, if you didn't want to to make it about me, you would stop just like copying everything that I every single thing that well, I do. Well, and I probably you live, in, you live in the same city as me. Like, gee whiz! Hey, that one you copied me. <laughs> Listen, brother. I don't know if if I, I lived if here before right. you did. Is that true? Yeah, mm. I've got the mm. I've got the bogus lease agreements to back it up. <laughs> oh well, it sounds like they're bogus. Though. No, well, I ah, <laughs> tricked me. Welcome to Overdue. It's a podcast about the books. That you've been meaning to read. My name is Craig. My name is Andrew. It's possible that I paid like city property taxes before you did. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's true. That's fair. I paid city wage taxes before you did, though. Mm, sure, sure, sure. So who's really more, who is a resident of the, a contributing resident of the city of Philadelphia first? Who can oh, say? Boy. I don't know. <laughs> who can say? I bought a cheesesteak anyway, here is, when I was this is, 12. Okay. That's pretty young. Does that count? Yeah, I mean, you probably paid, you or the business probably paid some kind of, anyway, this is a joyous occasion. Yeah. Because once again, somebody related to one of us is pregnant with a child. Yes, this time it's the person who lives with me. <laughs> I was about to ask you, Craig, who got pregnant this week, like we do when we're <laughs> talking about who read the book. My anyway, wife. <laughs> Craig's wife. Um he man, you're even copying my signature bit. Yeah, that one. Say, I did that one on purpose. <laughs> that's your. That is the bit that you invented. <laughs> I did invent that. Yeah, I invented, you invented saying my wife like he did in the Borat movie. Yeah, you invented saying Borat voice my wife mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with your whole body and self. So when Craig is not copying me and just like looking at my Facebook page and my Insta and. On TikTok and like just trying to do everything that I'm doing, he does this podcast with me where we read books, and every week one of us reads a book that we've never read and tells the other person about it. So, in preparation for his pending fatherhood, Craig, what book did you read this week? I read The Expectant Father, The Ultimate Guide for Dads to Be, fifth hey, that's edition. You. Ooh, the uh, fifth edition. I hear that they fixed a lot of things about. Uh, leveling up in that 
book that the fourth edition did badly. Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> they fourth edition was like they're trying to be like for MMO dads, and mm-hmm. they 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 tried to with this book. They tried to make an edition that would please all the fans, mm-hmm. even the ones uh, you know OG tabletop dads well because people really like the uh 3.5 they I did think. a lot of smart yeah. improvements to 3.5 so, dads. sort of yeah. a sort of return to form for yes. the expectant father book this series. bit is a critical hit <laughs> this uh, is really good <laughs> book is by armin a brat and jennifer ash ruddick um though the voice of the book is brats that's um, not surprising based on everything i could find about okay Either of them, yeah. Um, and I, bec- so we're recording this a little early relative to uh, the scheduled date of posting. Just again, we're trying to build up a little buffer for reasons that have become clear. Um, and so I listened to most of this book on audiobook. I probably read the last 25% of it uh, on pages, on physical pages. And then, I thought you meant the Apple Word Processor. <laughs> it's like I didn't know that you read books in that, but okay. Uh, but he uh, brought narrates the audiobook, so I feel like I got a pretty authentic experience. Um, something that I was only able to do as I was going back and leafing through it is like figuring out which sections were kind of uh, like sidebars or or like you know boxes of info that are like a little. What, sidebar is the term, right? That, yeah, you know, yeah, or um, yeah, sidebar. Yeah, I was just thinking of what the tag for that was called in the CMS at work. <laughs> I was wondering sidebar. if you had yeah. a better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and so there's there's a bunch of those. Uh, and so it, there are when you're if you listen to the audiobook of this, it is interesting because all of a sudden he will just start listing things or like mm-hmm. not not talking in prose but talking in bullet points. Yeah. Um, which is an interesting experience. But yeah, this book, I don't remember what article uh, I found this book in, but when we were talking about doing an episode like this, I was thinking back to somewhere in the 300s when you talked about what to expect when you're expecting. 300s yep. are episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, when you were expect, you and Suze were expecting your little guy. Yes, a child who now tells me to put my phone away when he <laughs> wants to play with me. So. Heck yeah, I love your son yeah. so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wanted to find something that was uh, a little different from that book, uh, but still focused on the pregnancy, just because that's where I am. Um, and ta- this was one of the ones that was at like the top of some lists. And it's, yeah, I think it'll make for an interesting discussion, but I know you've done a little research on Brat and kind of where this book maybe comes from. I don't know. A little bit, yeah. Uh, So uh, Armin Brat was born in 1958, and he is an author and radio host. This came up a bit when we talked about... Oh, sure, okay. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, radio host and podcaster. Um, Yeah, this came up a little bit when we talked about what to expect, but... Many of the people in this space who have like a bona fide smash hit brand book that becomes like a brand and goes to yeah. a bunch of editions and becomes kind of an institution, their professional lives be sort of become just like shaped around the book and extending the brand of the book and and just like existing in the space that it created for them. Yeah, I mean, on it, like there, there's an analog to if. If somewhere in this podcast's journey, it became our only job. 
mm-hmm. and like we just became book boy i mean we are book boys but like if we or were if we wrote, just wrote like uh podcasting for yeah. dumb stupid idiots yeah well we couldn't call it for dummies because fifth, brand, fifth but, edition <laughs> yes uh and just, yeah to point out that this book was published in what 95 the first time mm-hmm. um so that's that, that's how we got to the fifth edition this is like the 25th anniversary edition or some some nonsense like that so yeah but uh so he writes he writes a column called ask mr dad which is syndicated in a bunch of different places Oh, okay um he hosts a couple of uh parenting podcasts and radio shows including one that's like oriented toward military families he Mm. served in the marine corps for a couple years um and my my understanding from some of the three three star goodreads reviews that i read was that he does do a few asides like targeted at American military families. So we can talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, his website's sort of broken, but in addition <laughs> to the writing and, and podcasting work he does, he also offers family legal forms and one-to-one coaching and other things. So he's kind of just a, yeah. A transmedia experience. experience. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Um, Jennifer Ash Rudick, we'll, we'll come back a little bit more to, to brought. Cause we do, I do think this is, this is more his book than hers. I couldn't find anything specific about the split. And she's like consistently been listed as a co-author through all the editions of it. Um, including back when she was just Jennifer Ash and had not added the Rodic yet. Okay. Uh, but she was born in 1963. She's a journalist and documentary filmmaker. Um, her published, her, her other published books, according to what I found on Goodreads are mostly about like homes and gardens and in various different areas. So that seems to be the thing that she's into. Uh, but she got her bachelor's from, from Kenya college. So look, we're just copying her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody's we're, copying somebody. Yeah. And, and Craig's copying me. <laughs> can you, <laughs> can I, what? No, just continue. Can, what were you going <laughs> to can you keep being my friend and continue the podcast? Sure. And if Great. you copy me by continuing to be my friend, then I think. Oh, we'll be good dang sh- it. You got me again. <laughs> okay. That'll, I'll, I'll, that'll be done. That's I'll, I am burying the opening bit in a shallow grave and I won't do the bit. Well, anymore, I won't help you or else you'll accuse me of copying you and burying. It's the true. Bit, if I, so. if I picked up a shovel and started burying a body and then you started doing it too, you'd just be copying me. <laughs> that's, uh, that's a cop, a copy at list. Yeah, that's <laughs> what an accomplice is. You just like you saw someone doing a crime, you decided to copy them. Uh, this is so. This go back to Brat. This is a, a Authority Magazine interview that I found with him. I did not do any other research on Authority Magazine, so I apologize if Ooh. it's like sort of a sh- fascist. <laughs> like, <laughs> but, uh, just asking him about his uh, his writer origin story. Um, and he says, you know, when he was a, an expectant father for the first time, uh, quote, there were no books and no resources to help me make sense of what I was going through. So I set out to write the books I wish I could have had. Um, the story that launched my career goes like this. I was in a park with my daughter, who was about a year old, pushing her on the swing. We were right next to a slide and a little girl came walking up and started climbing the ladder. At the top, she lost her grip and started falling backwards off the ladder. I did what any responsible person would have done, took a step over to the ladder, caught the kid, set her on the ground. A second later, a woman swoops in, scoops up the child, glares at me and asks the child, did he hurt you? It was at that moment that I realized that I need to do something to change people's perceptions of fathers. Yeah. Okay. Um, Which is like, I think that's, that is a understandable and laudable thing like when do you want to talk about because we talked like pre-show about 
talking about like the tone of this book and the tone of parenting books like vis-a-vis dads. I don't know if you want to talk about that now, if you want to do after we take a break or, or what you want to do, but let's, let's do I think it. it's going to be relevant. I'm glad that you found that anecdote because I think there's a shorter version of it that is referenced in this book. Um, we can talk about it in more in depth after the break. And I think there are probably limits to what one man can do with his transmedia enterprise. Certainly. Um, Especially and, when you've got as many broken links as Mr. Brat has <laughs> on his website. <laughs> Listen, you know, he fills a lot of roles in his life. This book does talk about, the, like, mapping, making a pie chart of all the roles that you fill in your life. And, like, maybe Webmaster just didn't fit on his pie chart. It's okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, there's a lot in this book that is kind of a, it, he never comes out and says it he, he doesn't use these words but i found the most charitable readings of a lot of passages kind of boil down to the patriarchy hurts men too like yeah. he and he on purpose or not i don't know like just deliberately doesn't invoke that systemic idea but yeah. he does engage with it in a couple of different ways. And there are some passages that, depending on how you feel or your partner feels, um, might read a little bit like, Let men need to take up more space in this game. Like, we're, we're, you know, we need to advocate for ourselves. And, and I, th- I never think he intends for that to be, uh, to result in something that would, like, be harmful to a relationship. Well, anything, and, and it, it doesn't sound like he is. He wants to go anywhere near like men's rights. No, activist it's not land. that. And, he, and he's pretty careful to walk anything like that back if he gets close. But it is if there is a if there's part of how he talks about manhood in this book that like maybe doesn't click with you if you're reading this or you give this to to a partner and they don't like jive with it. That might be a little bit of it because it just I don't think enough people talk about how that could function and work and mm-hmm. so it, it you know what it is to like advocate for yourself as a father or an expectant father or just a man in a relationship and how that can be done in a way that is uh supportive of of people and supportive of women and, su- and not just about like um you know men's rights or man rights kind of I stuff al- you know <laughs> i also think that's that's kind of the way to to do it though is like you if if you are picking up this and and the book is is very like self-consciously sort of marketed toward straight sort of like stereotypical grill dads i, have some thoughts I mean on the that, the, yeah. the cover of every edition is like a different buttoned up normcore shirt mine is so. a mine is a some i think it's a somewhat tasteful uh light red polo shirt polo, collared yes. polo um, yeah some other shirts have, have graced the covers of past editions but yeah. i think they're all sort of of a piece yeah with, of, of norm core i i, dad, I do want to talk wear. about who i think <laughs> the dad he wrote for is yeah. but like i i don't like if you you pick up this book because you're a dad and you have a you have good intentions and you don't really know where to start and yep. you pick this book up and someone starts talking to you about how the patriarchy is a prison like that's the thing you you need a light touch with <laughs> yeah with that true. sort of thing like you can introduce people to those ideas and to talking about how to like 
how to balance being masculine with being helpful in the context mm-hmm. of parenting and and that's what this book is yeah and how like fathering is innately masculine and like please don't buy a camo diaper bag like i think that this is all important <laughs> stuff to do but not all of it is stuff that you really want to go totally head on into in what is supposed to be more of a general interest book yeah Does that make sense yeah well and the, the tension i think of this book is that it is trying to be a pretty general interest book and yet i think uh we'll talk about like the parts where he does a sidebar for a like specific dad experience and which of which of those he decides to talk about and which he doesn't or mm-hmm. which he spends more time on and which he doesn't um mm-hmm. and and he's aware of that he he makes note of it in the foreword that he's like i can't please everyone i can't address every situation so I'm going to write the book that I can write. And it does seem pretty, it seems pretty lived in. Um, and we, we can talk about that as well. So Yeah, I mean, he has, he has three kids. So he's probably, he's been yeah living this parenting life. Well, and so I don't know if you found anything else out about Ash Ruddick's involvement. Like she's, she's credited in the, in the intro by him. And then also he credits like a bunch of, uh inter like interviews with women and healthcare providers and so like the implication by how it's mentioned here is that like she helped him with bringing in a lot of the external context sure i don't know if that's explicitly how it worked but that's certainly how it feels because you never get a sense that it's anyone other than him that's yeah that's that's more than i could find about the division of labor okay. than i yeah that's yeah. more than i can find on the internet is, sure. is what he mentions in the intro so okay sure um, well, let's take a break and then talk about the book and parenting and stuff. Sounds great. Craig, tell me if you've ever done this. You sign up for a free trial because you want to use something for like the three to five days that they will let you use it. And then you have to set a calendar reminder for yourself to remember to cancel the free trial before it becomes a paid trial because they made you put your credit card number in when you signed up for the free trial. <laughs> Can I tell you about the time recently where I almost had to cancel a credit card because I didn't understand a charge on my account uh, and it was, in fact, a thing that I had signed up for and forgotten about. <laughs> this, Yes, I've lived this truth. You've lived this experience. Well, let me tell you about a, an experience that could help you okay. get out of this pickle if you find yourself in it again in the future. Help, True I'm in a pickle. <laughs> if Briny. you subscribe to a pickle delivery service and you don't want to be in it anymore, Truebill is a new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. So anybody who makes it really easy to sign up online and next to impossible to cancel online, Truebill's going to take care of that. Great. Sounds good to me. So don't fall for a subscription scam. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash overdue. Go right now. Truebill.com slash overdue. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash overdue. Now a word from our sponsor. Better help. Andrew. Craig. How do you take care of your mind? I don't. Mm. <laughs> Is that a problem? It 
Well, just I have a, how how well would you take care of your car if you had to keep the same one your entire life? I mean, probably pretty good. Yeah, probably pretty. I mean, I take care of my car pretty good anyway. Well, that's kind of how your brain your brain is like a car that drives oh, no. you and your body around the world. Have I been walking around with a check engine light on in my brain this whole time it, and I haven't fixed it? It is possible, uh, and there are plenty of ways to support a healthy brain, like learning a new language or taking power naps. There's also BetterHelp Online Therapy. Ooh. Uh, I know folks who have used BetterHelp, um, and it has helped them talk through stuff at their work or stuff going on in their personal lives. In general, I think therapy is a thing that is pretty helpful, uh, and people should try it. If if they've got that check engine light on, if they're if they heard a weird noise in the in the just transmission, just walking around with smoke coming out of their ears, or yeah. something's like knocking in there. <laughs> You need some. You can't fix every pothole in your life on your own. And BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and chat-only therapy sessions, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under forty-eight hours. So here's my call to action: you can fix that car that is also your brain. Our listeners get ten percent off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash overdue. That's Better H E L P dot com slash overdue. Beep beep. Try BetterHelp. Craig, I'm expecting you to tell me more about this book. So where do you want to start? It's so nice of you to mm-hmm. expect me to do that while I'm also expecting. You're, me I mean, to enter my life. <laughs> sure it's a lot of emotions over here and i also have to have feelings about this book you ever been that way it's weird to have to have feelings about multiple things at once no it's not it's not something i it's something i try to avoid pretty, pretty <laughs> hard tricky, actually right um so we talked a little bit about the like the vibe of this book and i think the phrase i've settled on is that it is it is not just preaching to the choir it is like trying to empower the choir like it is not um if you're reading this book if you mm-hmm. acquire this book you are probably a, a a dad who is interested in the child you're having is sure. invested <laughs> in the relationship that you're in whatever that relationship may be mm-hmm. and you feel like you want to do a good job and you don't want to just kind of let it happen. You want to be part of the process. But you um, also maybe don't know where to start, which I think is also a role that that what to expect fills. Yeah. It's just like this is a touchstone that comes up pretty high in the list of search results when you look for this kind of book. It is hard to wrap your head around your entire life changing by mm-hmm. adding like a whole nother person to it who relies on you for everything. I mean, just ask me. Craig is like a baby. My God. I'm so glad that you're dealing with our pregnancy so well. It's, brought, it's bringing out the best in you. Um, but it is, it is, yeah, kind of what you alluded to before the break, Andrew. It is like starting from a place of like, Hey, you probably cracked this book open because you are interested. You could use a framework 
You could use like some milestones to think about. You might have some questions already. It would be useful to talk about. And then something we talked about in the What to Expect episode Mm -hmm. is I do think that he is trying his best to just like, because he's not, because fathers don't go through the physical parts of pregnancy in the same way at all, Mm -hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But he is still trying to do the thing that is like, here is a range of typical responses to this experience and things that are going to be typical for your partner, for uh, the baby that you're expecting, and typical for you. And so that like reading this book, hopefully you feel a little less alone in the process, you feel a little more empowered in the process, and you have a couple more frames of reference than you might not otherwise I think uh, at times he like takes pains to like connect this interest in pregnancy and your kid like with just like men throughout history. That mostly comes up when he talks about uh, Kuvad syndrome, which is the, you know, symptoms that men experience that may or may not like, well, weight gain and various like forms mirror, of mirror, yeah, pregnancy mirror pregnancy kind symptoms, of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, the book overall is like it's pretty heteronormative. It's pretty uh, like there's some exceptions to that, but it is you know he's writing this mostly for uh, you know straight couples. I think that is pretty common. Yeah, and even even what to expect is like you know it, it does have a bit at the beginning where it's like we think this advice is broadly applicable, but the terms that we use are mostly. Yes. He Assuming that. that it's you married to someone who's the opposite sex of you and you're having a baby. <laughs> yeah, and he there are there are sidebars that are more prevalent in the beginning and end of the book about uh adoptive parents and about folks what he refers to as art dads, uh, assisted what is it? Um assistive reproductive technology. Very IVF art dads. dads. Yeah. It was kind of neat. I was was like, okay. Um, But any sort of like my, my my painting (laughs) like a canvas with soup. Like am I I doing some Andy Warhol (laughs) stuff? Am I an art dad? Everything from, you know, IVF, uh, other fertility treatments, um, you know, using a surrogate, things like that. I Um, don't think art dad is very (laughs) good. I don't. I don't think it's very good at capturing the <laughs> the full breadth of the. Okay, all right, um, dad. But it is like, and and there's when he gets into talking about like he talks about money a lot. He talks about the financial planning element of it, and that feels now, is that because that's for men, that's for manly men. Um, no, that's for pro- I, provider boys. Okay, so that's in the so this. Uh, that's in the fourth <laughs> the fourth month, and mm-hmm. I'll talk about the structure of the book overall. But there's the fourth month that's just titled "Money, Money, Money," and mm-hmm. he goes into a whole bunch of money topics. Mm-hmm. And I think it is twofold. He's like confronting the that's a stereotype, you know, male breadwinner thing. Mm-hmm. But he's also like acknowledging that maybe that stereotype is reading his book, so he's like. I presume you reading this might have questions about it. I'm going to go into it. I yeah. wanted I wanted answers to these questions. Yada yada mm-hmm. yada. I think he is he is very aware of and wants the reader to be aware of that kind of 
the catch-22 of are you operating under this stereotypical male breadwinner mindset? Are you trying to be a more like modern involved dad? And there are a lot of people in the world, maybe yourself included, that want you to be both. Um, Yeah. And it's like, it's, I'm not trying to bring that up to like, no, no. a a way to like bag on the book or or anything like it's, it's, I think sometimes it can be the case where if you are trying in, in a situation like this to be like maximalist and to cover every possible permutation of every possible relationship, you do have to balance that with being helpful to the audience that is statistically more likely to be like buying and, and yeah. seeking help f- from your book. And, I, and even if you agree that the patriarchy is a prison and that <laughs> like men are not necessarily like the de facto breadwinners in every family, like because of the way the wage gap works, that doesn't make it not true for a lot of families. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> my, yeah, and I, I have some other notes on that, but I think overall he is he is he's being pretty maximalist about it, and yet he is speaking to what I he's not spending a lot of time. He does it in the in the section on like health insurance and costs mm-hmm. of pregnancy, but he doesn't spend a lot of time trying to account for folks outside of kind of the middle to upper middle class income bracket let's yeah, say yeah yeah and, um, and that's tough like i you could conceivably fill an entire standalone book with descriptions of every possible family yeah. situation and it's, like yeah yeah i don't know they're, they're just the thing our podcast does where we like value uh diversity and being and, and like seeing mm-hmm. people who don't get to be seen a lot yeah with like this more like we we don't read books that are intended to be this practical and like actionable a lot. So it's, yeah, yeah, it's tough. It's tough to balance. Um, And, and yeah, I think I mostly bring this up not to bag on the book, but to like set expectations. Uh I I found this book pretty good. Um, Laura is due in October. um, So I'm a little, uh, we're a little further along than when, re-recorded the what to expect episode for you guys Mm -hmm. but not by very much Mm -hmm. um and so i just read this book just straight through i will probably go back to months six through nine nice um as i go through those sections and want to kind of review some stuff for myself as we get ready for the birth Mm -hmm. um but Overall, the book is like, hey, here are the nine months of pregnancy. Every chapter is organized with like, here's what's happening with your partner. Like what what is like both physiologically and emotionally likely to be going on with her. Uh, here is what is probably happening with your developing baby. And here's what is probably happening with you. And then he'll pick like two or three topics to then just kind of wax on for the rest of that chapter that is like mm-hmm. relevant to where we are in, in the development of it. Um, and so, yeah, he lays out a kind of a couple of the different perspectives early on, but then he just kind of dives into, yo, this is what's, this is what's going to happen. Um, and I don't know. A lot of it is the, a lot of it is, 
be a good partner. <laughs> a lot of it is <laughs> is like talk to your partner and communicate your feelings, and it it is leaning a little bit more, like we said, on be communicative about your feelings. That is helpful to you. That is helpful to your partner. That will be helpful to your baby. Um, in a way that might be nudging some people outside of their comfort zone, mm-hmm. but the like very common sense wisdom of hey, talk to your partner about how you're both feeling about stuff. Don't assume that her interpretation of your experience matches her interpretation of her experience. Like it talks about how men typically experience kind of like the mental milestones of it like a month or two behind the pregnant mother okay just because it is not happening in your body so like the reality of it is likely to hit you on a delayed timeline yeah i mean i I, for what it's worth i think that is pretty much exactly the gap between when she can start feeling the baby moving around and when you can yeah for sure for Mm -hmm. sure um and so yeah, it's like just feeling it physically moving yes. around. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Talking about how the the physicality of it mirrors the the mental state. Um, every once in a while, you, you'll just get like he just uh, has to acknowledge that guys are gonna be away. Like they're just some guys. They're are gonna just they're gonna, gonna be, be away away, or they're going to be a way. No, they're going to be. Uh, they're going to behave away. They're going okay. to to be a particular type. And so you get stuff like, uh, I think this is in month one, where he shares this study that is like, psychologist Gerald Lee Shapiro interviewed more than 200 men whose partners were pregnant and found that 60%, quote, acknowledged fleeting thoughts, fantasies, or nagging doubts that they might not actually be the biological father of the child. The majority of these men don't actually believe their partners are having affairs. Rather, these feelings are symptoms of a common type of insecurity. The fear many men have that they simply aren't capable of doing something as incredible as creating life and that someone more potent must have done the job. Most guys get over these feelings pretty quickly. There's a lot of stuff like that in this book (laughs) that is just like had never occurred to me. Two things on this front. One, because I read most of this book by listening to it in the car um because like the other thing okay craig zone here for a second uh i this year i changed uh we started expecting a child mm-hmm. uh and then i changed jobs after working at the same place for a decade right uh and so there's just been a lot of flip turning upside down going on Mm-hmm. this year um and there was a lot of like that job change was uh abrupt and all and also was like had all of the weight of this pregnancy on it but I, we were not at a place that i could talk to really anybody but you about it yet yeah and as we have established on this podcast i am super helpful to have in your corner <laughs> in any like emotionally sensitive <laughs> You situation. you have been actually you've been really wonderful. I've been very grateful for you. Mm-hmm. Just um, not for the last like forty minutes. Oh, once the yeah, once the mics turn on, I'm not really grateful for you at all. I'm in active combat with you the entire time. Um, but yeah, so it was just like a a, a really 
tough spot. And so now and I say I say all of that because now I'm I'm driving a car two days a week to go to a job, which I've never done before. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not like, go to a job. I just <laughs> and and I've known how to drive, <laughs> drive a car. car. Drive I haven't had a commute in a in a like that in a while. But it but it's and I I think that y- your brother-in-law did mm-hmm. like maybe the most possible most yeah. extreme possible version of this but but there is like a i don't know there there's this sense that like things are things are changing and it make maybe it makes other change seem more possible maybe it's like part of a more necessary like, or nesting yeah. thing where yeah. you're just like i need to make sure that like like with you, I know that your professional change had been precipitated by it, it was definitely a a when not if thing for yeah. you, like changing jobs and, yeah. and it's it has a way of sort of crystallizing things that you had meant to do for a long time mm-hmm. but hadn't like really worked up the nerve to do because like if you know, if I wait another year to do this, it's gonna be exponentially harder to, yeah. to figure it out. Like it's just it's a almost a like a i don't know if defense is is the word but it's just like a mechanism where you're trying just trying to make sure everything's ready trying to make sure that when you are dealing with this upheaval in your personal life that you don't also have this stuff about your your professional life or or your social life like hanging over you because you're just like you're literally not going to have the like you can't even fathom how you're not going to have the time for it and he i used to i used to think about like my career path and where i would be in five years no i don't do that anymore like i don't know i like i just want to kind of want to go to a job and do it and like do a good job at it but then stop doing it around like five or five thirty and then not think about it again until the next day like it's it's would be so it would have been impossible to to have that relationship to my work three years ago yeah you know, yeah. it's, it's just, it's, it's such a big change that you, and you don't even, even if you know that it's coming, you can't, you don't like know it, you know? And he, he talks about that. He, he kind of talks about the, like the version of it where you are reaching out to people you haven't heard from in years. Cause you're mm-hmm. like, am I still the person that knows that guy? Like, I got to talk to that guy and just like say, I know you and we were friends once before you disappear <laughs> into a cave. Um, the reason I started talking about this was in response to this passage that I had just read about Wonderful. about the, the cucking study and <laughs> the fact that there are parts of this book where I'm listening to it on audiobook in the car. And as we've said on other podcasts, that's hard to do for our show because like, if you want to make a note, you want to bookmark a page, mm-hmm. like it's not easy to do. Yeah. So cut to me like driving, yelling, "Hey Siri, make a note about this wax study, page thirty. <laughs> like I don't even know the page number, so I just have to like yell some words that I just heard at my car, mm-hmm. and then Siri would be like, "Ah, yes, the thing about the e-cigarettes," and I'd be like, "Okay, great." So let me go to the. <laughs> you just have the to s- hope that when you read this again in three hours, that your brain will be able to work backwards to the thing that you were actually talking and about. And so the the e-cigarettes thing comes up in the early months where he is, you know, giving you a lot of tips. You as the expectant father on like how to be a supportive, a proactively supportive partner by mm-hmm. like if you don't do a lot of meal planning yet, start doing meal planning mm-hmm. and do it in if rather than be a nag for your partner on like 
healthy eating and stuff like Mm -hmm. just make that part of what you're planning for everyone to eat to start doing that as a thing Mm -hmm. and so he goes through the list of like stuff to avoid during pregnancy and like things to look out for and these are things that you as the parent as as the other parent can think about cutting out of your life uh to make it easier on your partner and this is him like vaping well, he, this is him talking about smoking. He says, the potential danger to your baby far outweighs the danger to your relationship. Oh, and if you're thinking of e-cigarettes, parentheses, and why not, everything else in our lives seems to have an E or an I in front of it. She went. <laughs> <laughs> he has another one where he's talking about like home births. Uh, he's, he's like, overall, the tone of the book is like, doctors know what's up. Be in touch with doctors. Mm-hmm. Listen to doctors. Um, mm-hmm. And when he's talking about home birth, he has a th- he has a note where he's like, "It's it's more and more people are you know looking at home birth options these days." Parentheses, and they're not even hippies. I'm like who is this? Whoa! <laughs> hey. And so there's a note in my notes app that says. Uh, most of them aren't even hippies home birth, which Siri took down for me, thankfully. Jeez. Um, there's also one that says the e-cigarette thing and the six-foot-tall version of your fetus in a street thing, because he does say in the second month when he's talking about your developing fetus how you wouldn't, there was a six-foot version of it in a dark alley, you wouldn't want to meet it. You'd be scared. Wait, so does he come down pro or anti e-cigarettes? He's anti? He's, anti? He's anti. He's anti-cigarettes. Okay. He just doesn't I, think just, that you should be experimenting with anything like that. I just think that like y- you could you could do he could he could do a thing where he's like, well, your your child is going to be sort of the jewel of your <laughs> of your life. And so you don't need the jewel of your mouth. That's I don't so no one's ever said jewel of their mouth. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe they should. Maybe they yeah. should start. Uh, when he, yeah. So there, you know, he's there's stuff in here that's kind of goofy. Like when he is talking about uh, in the third month when you're kind of processing what it's going to mean for you to be a father. There's a lot of things that you can do for your own me time in terms of like creating space. Not nothing eyebrow waggly, but just like make space for yourself. Uh, and he's like, you could start a blog or a vlog or a TikTok to post your thoughts and feelings. But if you have s- stuff you don't want your partner to, to see, make it private. I'm like, well, what is the advice here? You just told me that this wasn't eyebrow waggly. This sounds pretty eyebrow waggly to me. <laughs> oh, man. This guy telling you like to set your OnlyFans to private if you make it when you're <laughs> expecting a child. <laughs> uh overall he's pretty like when he when he ever gets himself onto a topic that is like uh when he gets into the postpartum stuff when he gets into anything related to like really being in depths of despair or anxiety or something like he's pro therapy he's pro like finding someone to talk to um you know talks a lot about the uh kind of catch 22 of you're supposed to be a you know society expects you to be this kind of strong independent supportive partner and you are going through this incredibly life-changing thing 
where you're at your most vulnerable than you've ever been. Um, and he gives you a few examples of how you might seek support in those situations. But at the, at the end of the day, he's just like embrace needing stuff like, Mm -hmm. um, what else to talk about? I don't know. Do you have any questions for me? I could like, I could scan through my notes and pick another random thing, but is there something on your mind you want to start a conversation about? I guess like, Okay, so going back to three star good reviews, I already did the song. I'm not going to do it again. Okay, there was there were a few comments that the book was focused on American pregnancy, with a couple mm. references to like finances and health insurance and stuff. I don't know if, as an American, that kind of thing stuck out to you. It but did like, not. <laughs> may- okay, like maybe it's just like part and parcel of the version of pregnancy and like very early parenthood that that he had in mind when he wrote it there's a large section on the family on the federal medical leave act Is oh the, the one that says that they can't fire you but they don't have to pay you any money yeah mm-hmm. the most american <laughs> parental leave <laughs> policy that i could imagine the we- one where it's like well technically it exists but you <laughs> won't be able to pay rent yep uh-huh uh, i am the FMLA makes me so mad, and yeah. I will never not be mad about it. Yeah, and I, it's, yeah. Uh, so he, oh yeah, he talks about that for a long time. He talks about health insurance and uh, looking into medic, you know, Medicaid options if you can't afford your own. Um, so yeah, I I could see if you were someone in Scandinavia looking for a text about how to like bond with your kid, which there's plenty of wonderful stuff in here about getting ready to bond with your kid, like talking uh, to the belly and like, you know, setting. (laughs) (laughs) He has some good, like talking to the belly. Yeah. There's, there's one (laughs) note in that section where he talks about like prenatal communication. um, And he has a note that's like, don't whisper, like talk, so that loud enough so that someone across the room could hear you. And so I, I told Laura that. And so now it has given me carte blanche to just be a complete weirdo. Yeah. Um, just, just yell at your <laughs> wife's stomach, <laughs> but he does say like, be respectful of her space. and <laughs> Don't like, don't be a weirdo. Uh, but he, yeah, he does spend a lot of time talking about the realities of being a father in American capitalism um he in the section on like i think it's somewhere in the sixth or seventh month he's like hey things are getting real better start planning for leave from your job if that's a thing um better start negotiating with your boss about flexible work arrangements if possible and Mm -hmm. he does like because it's been revised in the last year there's notes on like you know kind of the shift to remote working that we're going through post covid not post covid but post lockdown intra covid um, yeah um and he's like a lot of businesses have learned that that is not that 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 is a viable way to work with their employees and you can that's kinda, not what elon musk is that's not what he says. well he's not in this book i don't know crap this elon musk is in this book oh, crap, it's, in the, get... it's in the mm. name section where he talks about musk's kid and how they tried to put a number in it and that wasn't allowed 
Yeah. Oh God, I for oh I blocked that out. Oh. I'm just gonna. I mean, this this sounds like an XKCD joke to me, so I apologize if I'm stealing it. But I, you could mess up a lot of databases by putting like an open bracket in your kid's name and not yeah. closing it. <laughs> <laughs> like a whole school's like computer system just goes down yeah it would be y2k basically oh my God. i'm gonna name my baby y2k and just mess <laughs> up a whole bunch of computers um but yeah the and, and this is also where i kind of really felt the narrow uh job experience thing here is that like he his does or yours uh his his the how it's written okay um, all right in that because of how much time he spends on trying to pitch your your superiors at your office on flexible work or if you are a manager and can set expectations by setting your life up a certain way like that just there's no ink spent on like hey you work an hourly job and uh good luck yeah like yeah but yeah so it it is very an, it is very much an american book especially as it focuses on in a lot of sidebars on GI dads, as you mentioned. I expected there to be more stuff on adoptive parents and art dads and stuff. Uh, we can't. I just can't accept this. <laughs> I can't accept this terminology. <laughs> uh, but there's a lot more on like, okay, if you are deployed and you're not going to be able to be there for the birth, like here's some stuff that you want to think about and here's some ways you might be feeling and here's just, it's so interesting to hear that there is so much sort of military stuff in this book because it really seems like, and, and, and it's totally possible that he does have this. And I know that at least one of his podcasts is, is very focused on military. He does have a book focused on it too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But like, it, it feels like that should be its own thing. If only for like, seo purpose <laughs> i think it is you know I, like, yeah. and like even if it is like why is there so much of it still in this book i don't know but. most uh at least one if not two of those sections include a plug of plug for his the, other okay work. yeah right. that's, so that's fair it's part of the universe you know <laughs> um but i think the book is at its best when it's doing some of the patriarchy hurts the man stuff when it's like giving words to uh helping you know maybe helping you articulate your own feelings about the kind of like how do i what role do i want to play what role is best for me to play how do i play all the roles that i want to like that's kind of like that's the dad i want to be i don't want to be you know confined to one type of interaction with my kid i don't want to uh, put too much of parenting on Laura. I want to, you know, plan to be and have hoped to be a, an active participant in this entire process. Mm-hmm. Um, and he spends a lot of time on like, here are the ways you can, fe- here are the ways you are probably feeling about that. Here are some things you can do with those feelings. Um, and here are some ways that you can, then like build them into the habits that you're setting for when the baby comes. I, mm-hmm. I do think that he falls into a little bit of a, this is a, it's a rhythm I grew tired of where he would always try to like provide some support, f- like scientific support for why it's a good idea mm-hmm. where it's like, he'll 
talk about how, you know, how prenatal communication, let's use that example again. The one where you're yelling, yelling at your you're, baby. Okay. From across. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, and why that's good for the baby and like studies that show that like kids who get a lot of prenatal communication are smarter and tougher and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And like, Every time he included high IQ on the bullet point list, I was like, mm, uh, hmm. "That's not a yeah." I have just some problems with that test as an end all be all of like, yeah, exactly. And so that kind of wore out its welcome. But then he would balance it with like, "But these are ways that you can build habits of being involved in your kid's life and like develop interest in your kid." And and again, like to my earlier point. I think it is empowering. It, you, he's the person reading the book is probably wants to do that. He's not trying to convince you or I think when he's trying to convince you, the book's at its weakest when he's giving you tools to do something you already want to do. It's at its strongest. Sure. Um, there's also a section in the third month about uh, dealing with grief and miscarriages. Um, we had a miscarriage not long before this pregnancy uh, and it was very tough. Uh, and I really, really found helpful the part of this book. Just that he gives a lot of space to the fact that, like, it's not, it's going to suck. It's going to be a thing that you and me, your partner are going to go through. There are going to be ways that you don't want to go through with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just, it was interesting that it just cropped up in, like, month three like he's just like let's talk about this now uh like rhythmically in the book but i'm glad that he spent time on it because i think it is a thing that people he talks he does talk about how it's not a thing that we as a society really know how to talk about yeah yeah and i don't because we just we just like don't usually we just like skip it we Which, just, I mean, I, I get that. Yeah. And that's you know, my approach to talking about stuff I don't want to talk about <laughs> is just not to do it. Yeah. And he, you know, he did, he does talk too a lot about how like, you know, for, there's a lot of social conditioning around like we could be better about asking the father how they're going through it. The father could also be better about, you know, asking for what they need in that moment or, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. communicating with anyone about how they're feeling. Um I'll pretend that we're not recording so that I'm not in combat with you right now, but I was very grateful to have you through that process. Um, yeah, I'm great. You are. Um, <laughs> I, I copied you by being a good friend. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Just cause it was, it was a, it was a period of time where we didn't want to talk too widely about it because we weren't even sure how we were feeling moment to moment other than bad. Well, and um, like when you're, I don't know, like not, you don't even tell everybody that you're trying to have a kid yeah. because you don't want people to be asking you about it all the dang time. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's very much a, a closed circle thing. And then you get into talking about like serious bad stuff that can happen and yeah. it, the circle gets even smaller and yeah. So yeah, he, I, I'm, I was good. I was glad to see it in this book. Um, Laura and I have talked about like we were lucky to then, you know, we've been able to talk through what our previous pregnancy as we've been telling people about our current pregnancy. Um, 
because we're both in in agreement that it is a thing that people should talk about. It's a Not- thing that people should talk about, and like it, it, it makes I, I I think it leaves people room to. <sighs> It, it gives people more flexibility in how they feel about it when you also have like, and then everything turned out. Okay. You know, like yeah. not, not to say yep. that that's what, what happened, but like you have good news to leaven the, the bad news and that can make it a less uncomfortable thing for people to have to confront. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. so, and I also, I did ask her if there's anything that she wanted me to say on her behalf she's asleep when we're recording this so i wasn't going to bring her in like when we brought Mm. susan um Mm, i see i asked her if she i was going to record i said i'm going to go record the podcast about the expectant father book ask her if she had she had a statement to give at this time i i specifically this is my wife i said (laughs) do you have any tips and she said no i think you know how to podcast and then (laughs) smiled at me like a real goofball (laughs) Uh, yeah, she's right. <laughs> uh, so that was pretty funny. Yeah, um, that's funny. Yeah. Any other thoughts on stuff that? Oh, what is? What are things that you? Because you didn't. I don't know what else you were reading when Suze was pregnant. Like, what are things that you either did read and would hope to see in a book like this, or think should maybe be in a book like this? And I'll see. I'll see if I remember it being in here. Yeah, no, mo- most of, I I didn't do, uh, beyond what to expect, most of my parenting research, and I know this is fraught and can lead you down a lot of different rabbit holes, but like, it's been a lot of, a lot of Googling, a lot of like YouTube yeah. stuff, because it's just like, that's a huge corner of the internet. Is I was watching YouTube swaddle videos today, because I was just yeah. like, I need to like, this is the thing I've been reading about. I need to actually see a person. I'm here it. to tell you if your kid has the upper body strength that Henry had, like it does not, it does not matter how good you are at swaddling. Fair like, enough. I, I got real good that you can buy these. Cause, Cause when they sleep, you get, you can get these things that aren't swaddles. They have like actual zippers and snaps yeah, and like stuff. Yeah. So you don't have to. Yeah. So we had, sleep sacks for him and you do eventually when they're like four or five months old i don't remember the exact age this far out but letting them have their arms free becomes part of a thing and so you can get sleep sacks that have like removable arm parts or that are just like sort of encase their like shoulders and legs and like leave their arms in and Henry, who never consented to be swaddled, like even when he was like three days old, would not stay in a swaddle, started just like we had these sleep sacks with snaps on the shoulders. And he started just like hulking out of them Mm. and like snapping the snaps. Mm. And you would look at the monitor because he'd be crying at two in the morning and it'd be because he had gotten both of his arms all the way out of his sleep sack (laughs) and that we needed to like get something that was more reinforced. because he was too strong and too powerful to be contained um anyway what do you what do you think should be in a a book like this no just um a lot of what we did was like we you know we there there were local classes that the uh the different uh, hospitals in philadelphia give some of those are more helpful than others but like the thing that i 
came away from it with and 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 you know the the early weeks and months of parenting came away from it with is like in a situation like like ours and again this is not this is not everybody's situation but when you are um a partner to a you know to, to a pregnant person whose body is changing and yours is not mm-hmm. <laughs> that like that is part of like you know gestating and then birthing this child and then it continues for a long time after that you know including but not limited to like postpartum stuff and breastfeeding stuff and it's all kinds of just these different things like it is it's it can be hard to get on the same page about that that kind of thing and just like i don't know how you summarize this in a book, but just something about being as considerate of that as possible while like trying to take care of yourself and trying to take care of the kid and trying to take care of your partner. And like, it's just, it's this whole like part of, of pregnancy and of, of early parenting that you just have no access to beyond like whatever your shadowed sympathy symptoms are. And you just kind of have to, write it out and be as like supportive and, and as, I don't know, just as focused on everybody's well being as, as you can be and just do your best, you know? Yeah. There's, and there's sentiments to that end in here. I think, yeah. Um, you know, he doesn't just stop at month nine, like the, the you know, he kind of cheats a little bit. It has like a 10th chapter. That's just baby. Uh, I thought, listen, I used to think that the fourth trimester was stupid because try means three <laughs> and that you can't have a fourth trimester. No, I'm, I know but that those, that's going to be a thing. Yeah, yeah. Those first three months out are that's wildly different than anything else that's ever happened. Yeah. Rough, yeah. rough stuff. Um, so he talks about that. He, yeah, there's, he has some stuff on postpartum, both for the mother and you, the reader. Um, he the has, dad. A, yeah. Um, he has a section on, breastfeeding um but i do think that he he does save a little bit of it for his book on the first year of of parenthood which sure. he does have and he does just have, have a little, just have a little teaser you know he wants to give you a little bit so that you buy just into the rest taste, of the empire yeah. i don't mm-hmm. begrudge him making his money it's a decent book um i do think that he relies on the and I, I mentioned this with that other study. He does rely a little too much on, I think the, and then this one study they sh- they showed that blah 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 blah. Yeah, because that's how the that's how the secret works. Yeah, is there like here's a, here's a point I want to make, and here is some data that I've cherry picked to show the point that I want to make, and he, like you know there there is a good faith version of that, and hopefully that's what he is adhering to. But you could also misuse that. I think it is. Yeah, it is often, especially especially in the context of medical stuff, you can misuse that. It is often. Here's a, here's a study that shows vaccines cause autism. Like, well, I was very happy that he took the pains to be like, follow the CDC guidelines on all the vaccines. Do yeah. That, yeah. Please. Get, get your kid um, vaccinated. Yeah. Um, he's like, here's the website. It's always fun to listen to an audiobook, read a website. HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash. But he does recommend all that stuff. Um, he does kind of, I think at every step of the way, there's like a little 
question or a nugget of information of like why might something be useful or why might this be something you you should be concerned about and so he goes off and he just kind of like finds a study about it like with the with the prenatal communication stuff he talks about some guy who ran a study where at like three days old babies were sucking on different pacifiers based on what music they were playing because they played the music pre-birth like what you know while the woman was pregnant and and he's like talking about this doctor and his sucko meter and i'm like i don't know what to do with the sucko meter study sir excuse me suck 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 dash o dash meter we got the sucko meter study and the cucko meter (laughs) (laughs) and and i and then he's like you know most of those he then just goes are you sure it's not pronounced (laughs) suckometer oh dang (laughs) <laughs> hadn't thought about it um okay. <laughs> and most of those he does like then take the beat to be like hey uh this is just one study or like this is something that you can apply this thought more broadly or something but he's not like out here making wild claims but he's a little too eager in my opinion to just share some cool articles he read yeah um what there's two, two more thoughts i had okay, as we're, two as more we're winding down yeah um the one is he talks a lot about like what are the concrete things that you can do for your partner to like show both her and you that you're invested and that you're involved and he talks a lot about the ob visits and just being present in that whole process mm-hmm. um Talks a little bit of that's one of the sections where he gets into the kind of the like advocate for yourself section where he talks about like reports of fathers saying like they kind of felt like they were not included in those conversations even when they were there in the room like they were kind of talked around um, and they're like that is a way to you know kind of make them feel like they are not involved even though they are trying to feel involved mm-hmm. obviously there could be some reporting bias there mm-hmm. um but he just kind of advocates for coming up with questions that you feel uh you want to ask or you know thoughts about the birth and pregnancy process that are yours and so you can ask those questions that i don't know if what you did i know you went to all those visits uh mm-hmm. in ours I've tried to be the the team secretary. Um, we've got a little book that we bring with us. Um, and so I make notes the whole time and ask kind of, we jot down questions ahead of time so that I can remind Laura if there's anything that we haven't asked. And then uh, I'm responsible for jotting down any information that we take in at mm-hmm. the visits. Not that there's always a lot of information but yeah right um and i feel fortunate yeah, no, the, the, the best version of those appointments is just like yep, yep. things are Sounds progressing good. apace yep. go home um yeah we did the i think like you guys we had a pretty early ultrasound at eight weeks mm-hmm. um prior because some folks don't get them until like the 20 week anatomy scan which i i think generationally was way more common than it is now to wait yeah. that long Mm-hmm. Um, and that was just a cool experience. Yeah, I mean, I think it. I I wonder if it's also a thing where like our pregnancies, like yeah, our family units pregnancy, like like we were 
trying and hyper preparing for it. And maybe in a, you know, in a situation where we, not even that it was just that it was less planned. Maybe we wouldn't be as on top of, or, or you maybe for yeah, the second sure. one, we wouldn't be as yeah. on top of like the super early ultrasound or whatever. But. Yeah. The, the first hearing the heartbeat for the first time is cool. Yeah. Just a little wub, 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 wub. Oh God, Andrew, I could listen to the wub, wub for my entire life. I yeah. like, I don't think I realized up until that moment. I'm not a super anxious person. I'm not a super, like worried person by nature. No, you're like much more dispositionally compatible with fatherhood than I am. I'll just, I'll just say that up front. <laughs> That's very kind of you. I don't, mm-hmm. I think that you are a great dad and I, I have, I I'm have looking grown forward into to it. It is you. a, it is a muscle that it is. It, it's definitely a thing that you practice at and get better at as, yeah. as you do it. But I think there are some people who are, who are <laughs> who grow into it, and some people who are born born to oh, dad. Oh dang! Yeah, so. born to dad. Um, I was not born to dad. I just want I just wanted to share that experience as like I was in and out of the hospital as, as a very young baby for a lot of heart stuff, um, and I don't think you always I share that story, but. What? You got to meet Mr. T, so... Yeah, I did, you know, it was very scary for my you parents. Just, yeah, I mean, you just act like it's all downside, but you got... To, you I got did to get to meet Mr. Mr. T before I could, like, you know, form conscious thought, but mm-hmm. I did meet him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think I had clocked maybe... Not, not, I was not actively worried about it, but I don't think I had clocked how much, like, tension I had around it until hearing it and then someone being like, nah, it's good right now. There's mm-hmm. nothing to worry about. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, you know, who knows? But uh, it was like, a, that was like a real moment. Um, yeah. I mean, and and you, you, you don't get tired of it. No, like I don't. Um, like earlier today, Henry was demanding that I lay down on the floor and listen, not on my stomach. When you lay down <laughs> on your stomach, he says, other the other way or turn around or he says something that implies to you that you need to be laying on your back and then he came and he climbed on me in and he really need me in some uh fragile places on my body <laughs> but then he was but then he was laying on me and he just feels a little breath and he feels a little heartbeat and it's very nice yeah he's a sweet even boy th- even though he's just bossing me around all the time yeah he does he likes to tell you what to do he sure does. Little stinker. I I have in in the ways that I have benefited from copying you. I hope my uh my baby can copy Henry in some key ways. Henry's a cool guy. Yeah, I mean it would make sense if your kid copied my kid, like father, like son. Yep. Um, I will say to your point about the classes and stuff. Um, we have not really been able to go to a lot of classes because of covid stuff which is yeah, sure we, we were doing this in like early 2019 which is a, a different world yeah anyways so, so I, i'm grateful that the uh hospital network here in philly that we're in has had some like zoom classes though i will say that has been tough because it's not like a cohort um they used to have like a like a cohort program where like f- folks who were within similar weeks of each other would be in like regular meetings. Mm-hmm. And so it has been a little frustrating and I feel like it's frustrating for the healthcare practitioners running these meetings to be like answering questions from people who are 
12 weeks pregnant and and answering questions from people who are due next month. Yes, right. Um, so we've been sitting through those and then we started doing classes um, with this uh, po- from the creator of this podcast that Laura started listening to called the All About Pregnancy and Birth podcast, which is a doctor, uh, Dr. Rankins. Um, I like her mm-hmm. a lot. So we've mm-hmm. been doing, we are doing her like, birth class modules um which are pretty interesting i just wanted to share what we were doing given that that's a big part of this book is like go to birth classes you <laughs> dumb dumb <laughs> like i'm trying that they, they, I'll, they I will won't say let me in the I hospital found, to do them but okay I, and and i i don't know if i can speak for Susanna. i did not find breastfeeding class to be enormously oh sure yeah helpful because it Partly because it can't not buy into the cult of breastfeeding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this I, book does some of that, which I was yeah. I was on the lookout for based on talking with you guys. Yeah, there there was just like it, it comes to mind recently because of some of the baby formula shortage stuff, yeah, and there yeah. are you know there are a bunch of edge lord people online maybe being serious, maybe not being like, well, you can make food with your body. And it's like, well, can everybody though? Yeah. A lot of reasons to be mad about pregnancy in America. We haven't really gotten into that, but uh, let's, just, let's just, yeah, I, I meant to say up top, it's a weird time to talk about this and yeah. it's like, it's just a, yeah, it's just been a, a weird time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's what I got here. Andrew, real quick. What's a book that you have read to your son or a piece of media that has a has a dad in it and like a cool dad not a like hapless the dad from modern family dad like <laughs> i there's a book called because i am your dad which i haven't read to him a lot of times um written by Amit Zappa and illustrated by Dan Santat which mm. is like it's just like this green Shrek looking monster guy with a little like purple monster kid. Yeah. And it's all about how you can eat a bunch of junk and get all messy because I'm your dad and I'm great, but also I'm your dad and I love you. Yeah. So that's one with like specific dad stuff. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I remember that one, but yeah, that this book talks about how like we talked about this in the what to expect episode of the like media portrayals of dad's just dropping diapers and just running from pregnancy and being (laughs) utterly feckless uh or or in children's like stories being just completely non-existent like just like um and so i just wanted to ask if you had one where like where's anybody's parents and muppet babies well that's a different that's a whole different situation where's kermit's dad show me kermit's dad what's kermit's dad like I'd like to meet him. He's probably a cool guy. Kermit's a cool he guy. Probably he's not a cool guy. He's not around. Oh, ever. okay. Good point. Good point. He he's, could have been like, a cool guy. He's a frog who's friends with a bear. Like he's probably got a bunch of. Yeah. <laughs> have you watched any of that new Kermit's Muppet just, Babies yet? Kermit's just probably got some stuff going on. That new Muppet Babies is cool. Is it? Yeah. Did you meet Kermit's dad in it? Uh, no. There's a okay. cool new penguin though. She's neat. Okay. My ne- my nephew has wa- has been obsessed with it. She have a dad? Uh, no. And Rolf showed up to like swing by and say hi. 
Okay. It's weird. It's a good show. Um, all right. That's the Expectant Father, the Ultimate Guide for Dads to Be. We cracked it. Fifth edition. Make sure you take your perks. Yeah. <laughs> now you're fully prepared to be a dad. And That's it. Nothing, nothing will stop you. I am fully empowered. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll... The, we're going to bank episodes uh, so that the show can continue, mm-hmm. um, just like we did for when uh, Andrew and Suze were having Henry. Um, yeah, I don't know. Anything else we need to say about that, Andrew? Um, no, I don't think so. We're just going to be doing it, and and service will continue uninterrupted, even if, you know, even if it's just me and some other people who I have to haul in to sit in Craig's podcaster chair. We're going to keep reading books and we're going to keep telling you about them. And they'll be copying me. Yeah. And then they'll be copying you. And the, just the, the injury continues. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Send us uh, your thoughts on books that have cool dads in them for me to read to my child. Send them to overduepod at gmail.com. Hit us up on Facebook and Twitter at OverduePod uh, with those recommendations. Our theme song is composed by Nick Larangis. Andrew, if folks want to know more about the show, where do they go? OverduePodcast.com is our internet website. Up there we have links to the books that we have read and the ones that we are going to read. Uh, the book I'm going to read next week. We're, we're recording so far ahead of time that I'm like, I'm used to going to the website and just like reading off the list yep. of whatever's there. And that's not the case right now. Uh, next week I'm going to be reading red rising by Pierce Brown. Yeah. Which is a book recommended by one of our Patreon supporters. Go to patreon.com slash overdue pod and you can get access to our discord server, access to bonus episodes early, uh, access to some bonus episode recording streams and some other stuff. Uh, that helps support the show both in like buying books and like microphones and hosting and stuff, but also helps send various children associated with the podcast to daycare and, yeah. and other things. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that, that support is going to matter to us more than ever in the coming months for obvious reasons. Yeah. Thanks for your uh, the support that you already show us by listening yes. and telling other people about the show. Yes. Go do that. What, I don't think which? we say that enough. Tell people about the show? Tell We don't tell people to tell people enough. You, okay, you go and you tell five people, and then they'll tell five people, and then they'll tell five people, and it just kind of goes on like and that. If, and like, make it like a 90s chain letter. Like, mm-hmm. tell them that there's going to be consequences. Yeah, like if you, don't, if you don't tell 10 people about this, then you're going to be driving in your car and a really bad song will come on the radio station and you'll reach down to change the radio and then you'll get in a car accident. Don't, I hope that doesn't happen. Yeah. I hope it doesn't happen too, but you need to tell people about the show (laughs) so it doesn't happen. All right, everybody until we talk to you next time, I guess try to be happy.
That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>